Thank you for joining us as we bring you this worship service of 7th Avenue Presbyterian Church. Our readings this morning are from Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 through 31, and from the 17th Psalm, verses 1 through 7 and 15. My sermon is titled, Not a Mistake. As we continue to gather and hold worship services virtually, here are a few highlights on upcoming offerings. This week, Companions on the Inner Way will be hosting a virtual retreat beginning Wednesday evening, August 5th, through noon on Saturday, August 8th. Details, including how to register, are in the announcements. At 8 p.m. on the second Thursday of each month, there will be small group gatherings via Zoom, so we invite you to put Thursday, August 13th on your calendar. On Sunday, August 16th, we will be ordaining and installing our incoming ruling elders serving on Leadership Council. To facilitate that happening, we will be having worship live on Zoom at 10 a.m. that day, so please put the 16th on your calendar. An ongoing note, for those of you who are interested in participating in creating our worship services, we would love to hear from you. For details, again, please take a look at the announcements. If you've been financially impacted as a result of the pandemic and are in need of assistance, there is a page on the church website dedicated to receiving requests. If you prefer, you can also contact the church office. For our complete announcements, click the related hyperlink in your email. And now, in preparation to worship, you are invited to quiet yourself, becoming still as you prepare to worship God. We come to you, our God, in faith and fatigue. Seeking refuge in a time of uncertainty. Trusting that you hear our cries. And pour your steadfast love upon us. Let us worship God, who calls us by name.
Let us pray. Gracious God, we often feel alone, even as events swirl ceaselessly around us. For times when we hear you in the thick of things, we give thanks. When our attentiveness wanes and we lose sight of you, forgive us and teach us anew to recognize your presence in all our days. Now in silence, we continue our prayers to you. In speech and in silence, God knows our hearts. By day and by night, God watches over us. In the steadfast love of God, we are forgiven and made new. Alleluia. Amen. A reading from the book of Genesis, chapter 32, beginning with the 22nd verse. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. Loving God, as we listen to this familiar story from long ago, open our hearts that we may hear your word for us this day. Amen. The same night he got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his eleven children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God.
from the 17th Psalm, beginning with the first verse. Listen for the word of God. Hear a just cause, O God. Attend my cry. Give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. From you let my vindication come. Let your eyes see the right. If you try my heart, if you visit me by night, if you test me, you will find no wickedness in me. My mouth does not transgress. As for what others do, by the word of your lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent. 
My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me, hear my words. Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior, of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied beholding your likeness. Here ends the reading. I wish Jacob was as innocent, or even tried to be as innocent, as the psalmist praying for God's just vindication. As the one who carries the name of our ancient ancestors and their dream of Israel, I wish he was an exemplar of good character, of honesty, of care for others. But he wasn't written that way. From the moment he's introduced within Rebecca's once barren womb, he is at war. Life and struggle are interlinked. Born second, though grasping onto the heel of his twin brother Esau, reaching for first, he finds the weaknesses of those in positions of privilege and takes opportunities to prevail. Whether food for his exhausted brother, the prospect of free labor for his greedy uncle, or fear of the dawn of day for a visitor of the night, he uses their desperation in order to secure what he wants. A birthright, wealth, blessings ascending the heights of the heavens. Born into an unjust world, does his fight against it justify the means? When decisions made by those born long before you would preordain your slice of the pie be forever smaller and your life be one of servitude, what are the rules then? Unlike those who have wrestled with his story, Making a practice of deceit doesn't distress Jacob. He doesn't spend time rationalizing or denying his misdeeds. He doesn't ask for forgiveness. When justice comes knocking on his door, his prayer is to survive. Ever since he lied to his dying blind father by putting on the skins of goats emulating Esau's hairy hands and neck and claiming to be Isaac's firstborn ready to receive his blessing, he's known he was at risk of finding a curse in place of a blessing. But he did it anyway. After his father died and he learned Esau was soothing himself by planning to kill Jacob, he fled to safety into the opportunistic arms of his uncle Laban. After years of negotiating Laban's deception, seven years for Rachel that turned into a 14-year package deal for Leah plus Rachel, and no payment for years of labor to follow, Jacob manages to outfox a patriarch once again 
just when he finishes siphoning off Laban's projected income and can feel the coming wrath of his in-laws, he discerns God is telling him now is the time to return home, though this means finally coming face to face with his brother. Maybe he can bargain his way to safety. His plotting reaches a fever pitch. When his messenger offering to buy Esau's favor returns with news of an impending army, he panics. Does he split his people and animals into two camps, hoping that at least one will survive? Does he offer his wealth, his cattle, donkeys, sheep, servants, children, wives, in waves, that his brother's rage might soften with each offering? Finding the safest path across tumultuous waters, he leads his children and their mothers across the Jabbok and then sends all of his possessions too. As if back in the womb, he's on his own again for one more night of wrestling. Whether the opponent who appears is Esau or God, or as some argue, a river demon, or maybe all of the above, it's up to us to decide. If it is meant to be one last chance at a do-over, Jacob doesn't make a different choice this time. He doesn't change. He keeps holding on. Even when he's left limping, he doesn't let go. Not until he's given the blessing he wanted. And isn't that the way it is? We keep choosing the same thing. Whether it's possible or not, whether we want it to or not, what drives us often doesn't change. Though he survives more than once, coming face to face with the God of justice, whatever the manifestation, does not transform him into a different person. Even after finding his way home, he never becomes a moral hero. We have to look elsewhere for that. And yet, as the father of nations, he offers his own blessing. When he is of old age and on his deathbed, Jacob summons his strength to bless his children. His beloved son Joseph, who at one time Jacob believed was dead, arrives with two of Joseph's sons in tow. Recognizing them as, as his own, Jacob gathers his grandsons close. Placing his hand on the head of the secondborn, he gives him the blessing traditionally reserved for the first. When Joseph tries to correct his mistake, clarifying who was firstborn, Jacob says, I know, my son. I know. It wasn't a mistake.
The one who was never supposed to be as great. Who was never supposed to be blessed. Never supposed to be chosen. Is. It wasn't a mistake. Though Isaac was blind, Jacob sees. For those who faced the impossible and survived, his story is the birthright they offer, the flame that keeps going in the darkest night. Recognizing ourselves in him, flawed and heroic, Jacob becomes Israel. To us, he extends his blessing. By the hands of the mighty one of Jacob, the shepherd, the rock of Israel, the God of your father who helps you and Shaddai who blesses you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that couches below, blessings of the breast and womb. The blessings of your father surpass the blessings of my ancestors to the utmost bounds of the eternal hills. May they rest on your head, on your brow, evermore. Amen. We believe in God who knows our names and reveals them to us in blessing. We believe in Christ who challenges us to fully live into our names. We believe in spirit who teaches us how to live out the blessing we receive. This we believe.
Loving God, in whom we live and move and find our being. It is indeed right to give you thanks and praise in all times and all places, even here, even now. You are God of light, who walks in the darkness with us, and for this we are thankful. So we pray this day for this earth, our planet home, praying with your spirit upon all places of fear and despair. Work through those speaking out for justice. Work for those listening and learning and yearning to do better. Work through those offering food to the hungry. Work through those supporting the lonely. Work through us, dear God. We pray your spirit will bring peace, wholeness, and life as we move through these days together. We also pray for all those of our beloved 7th Avenue community, those in our prayer circle and prayer concerns. And now, in silence, we voice our own prayers for the world, ourselves, and for those whom we love. We make this prayer in the name of the Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our God, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
With the perseverance of those throughout the ages who have wrestled through the night, trust, daybreak will come. Go forth flawed and heroic, strengthened by the blessings of heaven above, the deep below, and worlds within. Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. May we all hang on for the blessing, even as we go through our wrestling nights that put us out of joint. The courage that says, all shall be well, does not mean feeling no fear, but facing it, trusting that God will not let go. May God bless us and keep us. May God's face shine on us and be gracious to us. May God look upon us with kindness and give us peace. 